0: Welcome to Heads Up Hockey. It is all things hockey talk and all things centric around the game. And it's also New Jersey Devils talk as well. And please enjoy the show. Welcome back everybody to another episode of Heads Up Hockey. It is Wednesday, the 26th of July. It is not too far from NHL preseason camp, and all the good stuff that's going to be coming. And we're definitely going to have to talk about the retirement of Patrice Bergeron and the extension of Sebastian Ajo and how this can possibly affect, well, both the Metropolitan Division and the Atlantic Division in today's episode. So, without further ado, it's been a little while. But not that much of a while because for those of you who know me, I went on uh the Rangers uh Blue Seats podcast with Jimmy Finitzi of the Hockey Podcast Network to talk about the Metropolitan and how it would affect all the eight teams. Plus I was on the let's go the Locked On Devils podcast with Trey Matthews talking about the wrap up of the 2023 uh, season. So basically the 22-23 season I gave my uh, my X-factors, my MVP and I also talked more about what the Devils could be doing this upcoming season. And I've been doing that kind of stuff as of late because you know, it's been a little while and I just wanted to get back out there and now that there's more stuff going on, I'm going to start referencing Cap Friendly, going over what the, the Bruins are affected by and the Carolina Hurricanes. So I'm going to try and do my best interpretation of it. So without further ado, here we go once again. So... As we all know, the Bruins have a roster size of twenty-one of twenty-three. Their projected cap space is over five point four two nine million dollars. So, right now, Don Sweeney does not. He does not have a first rounder. It's a conditional in the twenty-four draft. Uh, this no second rounder, no third rounder. The Bruins only have. Rounds four through six, so that's something that they are currently having. 2025, they have a conditional first um, of their own, and they also have their third, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Now, I've talked about this over the past couple seasons on Heads Up Hockey and online, about Why it's important to develop more players within your farm system. And there is a tweet out there that the Bruins could only produce one player since 2018, which is very sad. So as of now, if you look at the age of the Boston Bruins... With their forward core, they average an age of 29.1 years old. So 46.1% of their cap hit is all on forwards. But of it is because of David Pasternak for the next eight years with 11.25 million per. And then you take a look at Marchand. You know, Marchand is 35, Charlie Coyle is 31. Um, I'm going to see a big drop-off in Pavel Zaka. I'm not trying to hate on the guy, but when he was playing with guys like Bergeron and uh, Krejci, his stock took off pretty well, but you're going to have to rely more on Zaka, Pasanak, Marchand, Coyle. Zaka's going to have to step up his game again, and DeBrusque is going to have to do the same thing. Morgan Geeky, same story. He's going to have to step up his game. Uh, Milan Lucci is going to be a bomb six guy. Physical presence. James Van Riemsdyk, the the Middletown, New Jersey native, he's going to be that top nine guy that the Bruins are going to rely on for those tip-ins. And he's really good on the power play. Um... Brings playoff experience. Then you have Jesper Boakvist. I think he has a lot of untapped potential. Like 22 points, but he could score another 8 points. And he'll be a solid pickup. But he just didn't fit into the Devils' near and long-term uh, mold. And then AJ Greer is meant to be more of that physical guy, grind it out, slug it type player. Then Trent Frederick, similar guy, more like a bottom six player. So really, like, age is a problem. Van Riemsdyk is 34. He's my age. Milan Lucic is a year older than me, so Lucic is 35. And just taking a look at Brad Marchand, he's 35. So, yeah, you're going to have to look at potential being handcuffed because Marshawn isn't up until the end of the 24-25 season on July 1st. And then what that means is you have guys like, hold on a sec. By the time Charlie Coyle has his contract up, in another three seasons, he will be about 34 and change years old. So really, it's going to be money coming off the books. So like, you look at Marchand, $6.125 million theoretically comes off the books. And then the same thing with uh, Charlie Coyle. Uh, in the 2026 July offseason, $5.25 million comes off the, the books. But right now... The Bruins really don't have too much outside of Pasternak if Marchand and Coyle end up leaving in the next three seasons, four seasons. And then you start to look at the defense. I mean, you look at their oldest players, Kevin Shattenkirk. He's only there for a year. And it's a wait-and-see type thing. And you look at the next player at age 31 is Derek Forbert. That's a wait-and-see type player. So there's not a whole lot to re- really worry about in those guys. But Brandon Carlo's one of those very, very reliable top-two-pairing uh, defensemen. Uh, you have Hampus Lindholm, who's there for another seven years. So you're hoping with him and McAvoy, you're hoping for the next four seasons at least... Four out of seven seasons that Boston could try and stay relevant and be a presence in the Atlantic Division. But I think it's going to get tougher. It's not going to be easy for them to try and repeat as presence trophy winners. Linus Olmark, definitely a player when healthy. He's the best. Um, You have Jeremy Swayman. He's a really good player, really good goaltender. He just needs to be uh, tendered given the next couple seasons of, of his contract. And if all goes well for the Bruins, I think they're a lock for a top three first seed wild card spot because I just find that the Atlantic is getting tougher. It's not going to get any easier. And then now we look at Carolina. So they only have $845,583 in cap space. Carolina has a lot of their own draft picks and other assets at their disposal. So they're in far much better shape than the Boston Bruins when it comes to that department. And their forward core is only 27.1 compared to the Boston Bruins. And guys like Sebastian Aho, he signed an extension recently, uh, today. So he's there for another eight uh, seasons on top of his original contract. So that's nine more years ago. So that's almost a decade. So he signed for $9.75 million uh, per season. So... That'll be an increase over his $8.4625 million contract. They already have Toivu Taravainen. They got to see what he does this year. And I think he's going to do well. And Koko Niemi is going to do just fine. And Michael Button is going to be that top nine, bottom six type player. Go for the tip crash the net, create chaos. Um, saw him play with the Maple Leafs before he was traded. Uh, Martin Nietzsche is someone who's going to definitely grow on Canes fans. He's definitely going to be the player that's going to score timely goals and playmake when he really can. Very underrated player. Jordan Stahl, if he can just have two-thirds of those points and production from last season, the Canes will be just fine. Jesper Faust, I mean, he's got a few years left on his contract, 31 years old. But age is slowly catching up with the Canes, and it might bring them down to second place in the standings in the Metro. Jordan Martin was the one who stood out in the playoffs on top of Jordan Stahl. And Jack Drury, is the, he's one of their future pieces as a, as a potential scorer, and along with Seth Jarvis. And being able to produce timely goals and assists, making it easier for the Canes to have a lead. Brendan Lemieux and Stefan Nason are those... Tough, gritty players that you want to protect your star players. Brendan Lemieux is also the son of Claude Lemieux. Now, you look at the defense. The defense is a little over 29 years old on average. The oldest guy on the Hurricanes is obviously Brent Burns. He can still hit at home pretty hard. I mean, strong slap shot. He's been around the block for quite a while, so he's a, he's a veteran. Brady Shea, still a, a very skilled, versatile uh, left-handed defenseman. Brett he has been around. He's a solid veteran. Jacob Slavin, also star player in his own right, along with representing the Canes throughout the seasons that he's been with them in his tenure. So he is almost 30. So he's reaching that climax in his prime. And then you have a Dimitri Orlov who brings that physical play. He can play make. He can score. And I just think that the Tony D'Angelo thing can be a bit of a distraction. But he can be a very solid Offensive defenseman, but he's more of a defensive liability. Chaffield is more of a tough physical player, can contribute offensively a little bit, but more so defensively. Freddie Anderson and Piotr Chetkov, I mean, when Anderson's healthy in the regular season, he's one of the best, but Antti Ranta, when healthy, he is very solid. Pyotr Kochekov during the season was their best goaltender. However, Kochekov in the playoffs, totally different story, was not. And Andrei Svechnikov, when he gets back, he is one of the best players in the game. So, I've said before, and I'll say it again, I do see the Devils end up, taking first place at some time during the season. And I could see Carolina losing their spot if they're not very careful, uh, playing around the Devils and the way they play their game. And I just think that the Bruins are starting to come back to earth a little bit now that Bergeron is out of the fold. And I will say this. The Bruins need to start drafting better, start developing better, because it's only a matter of time when their window completely closes. So other teams like the Buffalo Sabres will start to improve, and I think they are one of the bright spots coming this season. The Ottawa Senators have like another three seasons, five seasons to go in my honest opinion, and if they do prove me wrong, then I'll have to say it on another podcast. Um, Definitely, I am more confident in the Senators than the Montreal Canadiens. I think the Canadiens are five to eight seasons away from being uh, a potential contender. So they got more drafting and more developing to go. And Yuri Slavkovsky needs to get his act together with the Montreal uh, organization. And it's only a matter of time when Montreal becomes a true force once again. So just from a devil standpoint, I think over time, going up against a team like the Bruins won't be as tough and scary as it was in the past when... Bergeron was there Bergeron was just thwarting a lot of offensive uh, breakouts and potentially um, stealing Norris trophies from Nico Heischer but now you have an open playing field for other non-Patrice Bergeron players to win that trophy so with that being said thank you everybody for listening to this episode Hit the like button on YouTube. Subscribe to Heads Up Hockey Podcast on YouTube. Also on Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify for Podcasters. And look on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, you'll find us. Tell me where you're from and how you learned about the podcast. And thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful day. And let's go Devils and happy hockey.